Welcome to episode 122 of Hustle and Pro. I'm your host, Kelly Walker. I'm excited to bring you the story of Frisco's own and Rick Reedy High School's own Jordan Byers. So let's start with the big stuff. Um, first, I want to I want to say to the audience, Jordan graduated from high school, so Reedy High School here in Frisco, May, just a few months back, May of 2021. And on July 12th, he was the 84th pick in the MLB draft. So that's, that's pretty big stuff. That's not something you hear every day. So my first question is, have you settled into this idea yet? Or is it all still feeling surreal? Or where are you now that we're a few weeks and, uh, you know, several weeks now past that, that draft date? So honestly, like say draft day, I think it was my draft day was July 12th sitting there in the room with all my friends and family and seeing my name called, it really was surreal. Like I couldn't believe that it actually happened. You know, it's a thing that I've been working for since, I mean, I was a kid dreaming. I was eight years old. Like, wow. Just imagine I could be playing professional baseball. And, you know, it's, it's, I've settled into it a little bit being around a bunch of older guys as I just turned 18 and most of the guys at the complex that I'm at right now for the Phillies, they're 21 through 24 or five. There are even some rehab guys from their big league team that are in their thirties. You know, me and my roommate talk and he's like, dude, we are professional baseball players. That's crazy. How old is your roommate? He's also 18. He is from Corpus Christi. I'm curious, at what point do they, do they ever sit you down and say, okay, here's, you know, you got drafted into our system. Here's a path that we see for you of, you know, working your way around and how you'll, you know, you get moved and this and that and throughout the system, or do you just know that already because you follow baseball and you understand how it goes? Do you have any expectation when you, you know, when you're drafted into a system like this at such a young age of where, you know, the levels that you're going to go through and where you're going to be? So they, it depends on the organization, whether or not they physically sit you down and tell you like, here's your, your plan, say for the next four years, like this is where you are now. This is where we we want you to be two years, four years, yada, yada. They haven't done that with me. They really take their time to develop their high school guys. So um, I may be a little longer in the system than say a couple of the college guys that were in my draft class, since they're older, they're more developed. And especially like the pitchers, for example, they they get pushed through the system very, very fast because because we just, need pitchers. It's, <laughs> yes, exactly. Everybody always needs Versus, to pull a pitcher up because there's never enough. It's never deep mm-hmm. enough bench for pitchers, right? Never deep enough bullpen, no ma'am. And plus being a position guy, hitting it takes a lot more reps to get used to facing like professional pitchers, for example, because Hitting is so much harder than pitching. Now, pitching is very hard, but the hitters usually make the big money because if you can do it even three out of 10 times, that's just... That's pretty good, right? It's unheard of. So let's talk about that. So let's talk about that for your batting because I know you're an outfielder, but you're also known for for hitting. And so I'm going to throw out some of the stuff I found on you with an average of 464, eight home runs, 20 20 or 20-something RBI. My notes are messy. Um, and, a 1.626, um, OPS, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Right. So I'm curious though, as you adjust to this new life with these new group of guys around you and, and new stats and new, you know, all these 
the different level of play. Do you lean on any of that old stuff now, or is it like all behind you? What can I do going forward? Well, it's, you don't, I mean, I don't physically lean on it and say like, oh, I've done this before. I can do it again purely because it's a different type of competition. Now it's always a very good idea to go back on your highlights and see, like I have, I was scrolling through my photos today showing one of the clubhouse guys because you know, we were talking about playing in high school and I was seeing all the videos I had that my parents took during my bats because I like to watch them pick apart what went wrong or what went well. And I was just scrolling through most of the home run videos I had, and, you know, it makes you feel good. It gives you a little bit of confidence. because That's a huge part of being able to hit or even just to play any sport. You can't, you know, step on a field and have any sort of doubt whatsoever. If you want to be at the highest level, and that's my goal. So might as well start now. Yeah. So you use those successes to like study and motivate you to well, really with confidence to know that you have the chops to make it to the next level then. Mm-hmm. Or just, just to know that this is where I came from. So it's not like it just disappears because it can feel like that sometimes when you're hitting, I mean, one day you're barreling every single baseball and the next, it's like you have a hole in your bat and it's very like it's, it's tough, but yeah. Frustrating. Part of- well, it's, it's because you do have, you get so many at bats. And like you said, the expectation is get, get three out of 10 good ones and you're, and you're doing well. So that means you are, mm-hmm. you're, you're failing or you're messing up quite a bit when your goal is to be a good hitter. So it's hard. You have to, you have to understand that and have the right mindset going in so that you don't feel defeated every time you're at bat. Baseball is a game of failure. It's a saying as old as the sport, but it's true. I want to talk about your kind of your, your path and this, this jump you made. So you were 17 Mm -hmm. and then you turned 18 right after um, when you got drafted. So you're a six, four, 215 pound outfielder. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously this is a unique path on how you got to the pro level stretch, you know, getting drafted directly from high school. And I've, I've read that you, um, you know, you weren't so much doing all the same things like in the scouting world as some of your peers your same age so tell Mm -hmm. me about that like what do you feel like you did differently and were you doing that intentionally differently or why so I was blessed to have a summer ball coach that had played professional ball previously and even done some professional scouting for a big league club and he knew what he was doing and he advised my dad who also had some experience on the scouting side, but with college guys, as he used to coach a summer team too. And, and they basically told us that, look, if you're good, they'll find you. And so what we did was I was always young for my grade, but instead of playing my age, which is a common practice in baseball, we played my grade or even upper grade. Like last summer is when really the buzz for professional scouts started. I was playing with, like, with guys that were 19 years old and I was 16. And these guys are impact players at, say, Arkansas or at Sanjak. It's a junior college or OSU getting playing time as a freshman. I mean, big schools in the baseball world. And I was on the field with them two, maybe three years younger. And that's what I did. I challenged myself. I wasn't – I struggled. I struggled a lot. I got to the point where I could help the team as much as I can. You just continue to build on that. And then all of a sudden I'm playing on a team with 
all these guys that if you're in the baseball world, you know their names and you know that they're getting a lot of buzz from draft for from pro scouts. And here I am with them. I've literally had scouts tell me that the first time they saw me playing, it was a Blue Jays scout team. It was full of the high school prospects and we played the best JUCOs, the junior colleges around. And they told me, they'd see me hitting and they'd be like, who the heck is this guy? Like I've never heard of him. And then follow immediately. They were at all the high school games. We'll be right back to the show after a quick break from our sponsors. Aussie Rules Football is here in the North Dallas area. And did you know we have our very own team, the North Texas Devils? It's a fun, action-packed game, and they're looking for supporters and fans and even athletes. Go check them out on social media. You can find them at NTX Devils. Learn about footy and support our local team at NTX Devils on social. Do you think you would have heard, so you said you struggled. Um, Do you Mm -hmm. think you would have heard and struggled or even been able to do this if not for your size? I mean, I'm not talking about the talent. That's not what I'm saying. But if not for the size that you have, do you think you would have heard people tell you you couldn't play with that age group and hang? See, the thing about baseball is that it's not as size dependent as say like a huge example would be basketball, but I will tell you size definitely helps. Strength definitely helps. I mean, they're all physical tools, but baseball is a game of skill. And I've spent a very long time hitting in a cage with my dad since I was two, three years old when he was given lessons in Gunner, Texas. But the size definitely helps. It, it helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So you always played baseball then, but did you always, mm-hmm. did you also play other sports too? I did. I mean, to be honest, if I was six, eight, I would definitely be playing basketball right now. Basketball is something that if I was good at, I would have, I would have done both in high school, which I played basketball in middle school. I played a little bit when I was younger, but it's mainly been baseball. Were you at Reedy all four years? Yes, ma'am, I was. Did you play anything else at Reedy or were you already focused on baseball starting in ninth grade? That was a great debate. I was actually in a, not in a fight, but the old band director was very adamant that I could play baseball and be in band because I was in band in middle school and I loved it. But, you know, I talked it over with my parents and my dad straight up told me he's like look if you want to make varsity as a freshman which I wanted to very badly then he said you have to focus on baseball and I was like all right deal breaker sorry no more no more playing the bass clarinet bass clarinet I was gonna ask so I read that you weren't on the top 250 prospect list like we talked about you were under the radar because they just weren't they you know you weren't on the same you weren't on the scene yet because of your age so when did you commit for college ball then it was a day before Halloween or Halloween. I forget. It was, yeah, Halloween of 2020. That's when I went to Arkansas. I was previously committed to Oklahoma State, but me and my family decided that it was a better opportunity to go ahead and commit to Arkansas and decommit from Oklahoma State. Okay, so you had two seasons left to play in high school before you were before you even committed then. So, okay, I was just curious. I'm always curious when – 
good high school athletes make the decision and, and commit, but you can change it. Like you, like you did going into this July, this draft, where was your head? Like, did you and your dad already know, like, this is a possibility this could happen. Or were you thinking it was such a long shot? You would be going to Arkansas, like for sure. See, I try and be as real as I can. And to be quite frank, to be in my position to where I wasn't a surefire first round pick, you have to be okay with going to college because the draft is so finicky. Like, say this year, the number one pick was completely off, and that screws everyone else's draft board, all other teams. So I could have been projected a team's second-round pick, say I followed the six, seven, eight. That wasn't the slot value or money that me and my family agreed upon that would make it worth foregoing Arkansas. So I had to not – I didn't psych myself out of the draft – but I was looking forward to both going to Arkansas mm-hmm. to play for that fantastic program, play with the guys that I did the summer before or going ahead and starting pro ball. So then on, on day one or round one, you were really just watching, not knowing if you were going to get in the first five rounds at all. You thought maybe six, seven, eight, you said. No, it was, I was projected, I put that in air quotes because you, they don't ever truly know two through six, but I was watching the first round just because I wanted to see who was getting picked really because I wanted to see where guys like Jordan Lawler or Jack and Job or Marcel Lemaire, I wanted to see where all those high school guys fell just because I've seen them and I've played with Lawler, I've seen Jackson Job playing the very good players. And I was just, I was just curious, you know? Yeah. So you wanted to, of course, I mean, yeah, it would be weird if you weren't watching, I think. Um, yeah, <laughs> but like you, so you guys had a plan going into it and you kind of had a, this is what I, where I need to fall for it to be worth not going the college route. Mm-hmm. My advisor, she's a blessing to talked everything out with us. We were planned. We were ready to go two months before the draft. So that way everything was set up where all I had to do was just play baseball. So, yeah, it's good to have somebody representing you that knows the ins and outs. Um, I mean, because yeah, after all, this is a, this is a huge life decision and you're at that point, 17 years old. And you also don't want it to be up to just your parents to guide you because although your dad understands that world, like this isn't their everyday world. Right. And as your dad still work, does he work in baseball? No, ma'am. He actually works at a construction company. But he knows baseball. Oh, yes. Baseball coached when they still lived in North Carolina and sending kids to junior colleges and colleges. Just just loves the game, loves what it does for youth and whatnot. Yeah. And yeah. So speaking of that, um, you worked with youth baseball players through high school. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Tell me about that. Were you at D-Bat in Frisco? So it was more through my dad that I worked with all the little kids because he's always had teams through the years that usually he was coaching my little brother. And I just got the chance to learn how to not just coach, but just talk to people and teach them not just how to play baseball, too. It's just just about really anything, because that's how my dad learned by coaching his younger brother yeah. with my grandfather. And he wanted that for me. It was such, it was such a cool thing. It is to so cool. 
kind of watch these kids grow up and he started having it's it's funny he has this two team system now it's 13u baseball and he's basically managing teams i think it's hilarious but we would go to do that every night that's because that was their monday night hitting usually we used to have a bible study group that would hit say eight to nine and their practice would be it would be seven to eight so what I would end up doing is I would show up, say it's seven fifteen after they're done warming up, and just hang around, you know, toss to them, feed the machine, just just to be around them. I might might coach first base on the weekends just to help them, you know, it's just just a fun time. Um, my dad coached me also, and while you were talking, I'm thinking, um, you know, my little guy, I think he's at eleven. You maybe twelve. You I don't I don't know right now what mm-hmm. what they're about to start. I lose track sometimes on when we yeah. move up, but, um, so, so coach Cox's son worked with him to teach him how to pitch because he wasn't a pitcher, but I said, you know, you can learn if you want. And so I was asking around and, um, he was willing to, you know, go out and help him. And, and then his, um, travel team catcher would come out sometimes and help explain to Jack a couple more nuances. Like it was really cool to see the catcher that just came because, you know, they're his, fr- they're like friends to come like teach oh, yeah. Jackson, like pick off move nuances and just to, to help a, you know, a younger kid learn some more about baseball. I love it. I think it's great. It's, it's the best way for both parties to learn about the game because something I picked up from my mom, who's an educator, it's, you don't truly learn something until you're able to teach it to somebody else. I mean, that's a study trick I would use when I was in middle school say algebra, for example, because, you know, you take that as an eighth grader and it's a ninth grade class. It was a hard class. And I would just teach my friends and they would teach me, just go back and forth. And that's how it works with baseball too. I mean, it's, it's fun. Really enjoy it. You learn a lot about just not, not just baseball, but yourself too, how you go about things and how to explain stuff to people who don't think like you. I'm curious hearing you say that and your mom being an educator, what is life if after baseball or if not baseball down the road, like what would you be doing? My mom's made it very, very clear that I will get a college education. Now, depending on when that will be no idea, but she said I could be 45 and she'd make me go and sit in classes in person at university. Good good for her. So, (laughs) So I'm going to get a degree. Honestly, if I played long enough to where my name was enough credibility, I'd like to say open a performance center or just coach teams, just just to be around the game, the game a little more. I might take like a hiatus. I don't know. It's too far. Right. Like you're like only 18. (laughs) Yeah. Right now it's day to day. I've got to make sure that I'm just doing enough, learning enough about professional baseball at the rookie level. I mean, to be fair, baseball or get going, you know, into the draft or not, or going to college, either way, you wouldn't necessarily know what you're going to be in five years today anyways, because most kids, as you go into school, you really, you might think you might have a plan, but nobody knows yet, no. you know, it no. moves and changes over those next several years. So the plan is to adapt. Yeah. Adapt to what you find, you know, what what you settle into and what you're, what you realize you're good at and what you're interested in. Now you are lucky because you already know that. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's your first plan. And, um, you know, there's a lot of guys that go pro after high school around here that, um, 
um, they get their college degrees online in different ways. I know your mom, part of the deal was probably to sit at a, in a school, but there's lots of ways you can, you can make that happen if you want. Oh yeah. Well, that, that wasn't like I had to be in school. I was planning on probably starting classes within two or three years just so I don't get the education that I got from high school completely out of my brain. Cause I'll be honest, junior year COVID, and then doing everything online for so long. So I was I was quarantined three times this year from school. I said I think I kind of I sat out five weeks. It just it made me lazy. I'm gonna be honest. I mean, school, I liked school and then it got kind of challenging because I mean, I've always been a good student, and that was just the expectation. But I've never been one of those the AP student that takes five AP classes, but I'm smart enough. I took three this year, three last year. It's just, it's kind of boring to me learning about stuff that I don't necessarily want to learn about. And then it's tested on. So college, it's not appealing to me, but I understand if I want to continue to impact people in a positive manner, just having a degree is probably the best way to go after baseball. Cause that's, it's more than baseball. It's more about what you do with what God has blessed you. And that's been hammered into me by not just my parents, but everyone else in my life. Yeah, that's great. They're right. Yeah. Okay. One last question I'm curious about. So when people talk about you, or maybe you talk this way about you, that you're solid and steady, and that's kind of your personality in the, on the field or on the team. So then like, who are your, who are the guys and the players that you look up to? Like what kind of players do you see you know, wanting to be like? I would say a example of a player would be a guy like Freddie Freeman for the Braves, who just, he's rock solid, he's steady, he's, you know, he doesn't, he's not quiet about his business, but it's not, look at me, he's just a team guy, and I love that. I'll tell you, a guy who's not a baseball player that I aspire to be is my trainer, his name is Chad Marr. He, uh, he trains a bunch of high school guys in the area. He had all the Wakeland baseball teams when they were, uh, I think it was back-to-back state appearances. His son went there. and That was that connection. But he's always had high school guys, specifically baseball players, at his gym. And just what he does through his work impacting people and how he goes about it and the family that he's created at the gym that I go to, it's unimaginable. That's that's who I look up. That's great. That's what I want to be. That's awesome. I love that. That's a real person. You know that you have has like directly impacted you, not someone that you might not ever see or meet in your life. So that's that's awesome to hear. Thanks, Jordan. I know you are uh, working out and training and practicing and all the things right now, and you took out time to zoom in with us. So we're excited for you. I know we're excited to watch your path and. See how the next several years unfold for you. Thank you. I really appreciate you taking your the time out of your day to talk to me. And thank you for listening to this episode of Hustle and Pro. Do me a favor and review and rate our podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. We'll see you next time.